Let us pray. May the love of God flow through us as we talk about God's nature, our response, and the joy that we find in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to our last chapel chat uh, for the year. I hope you have found uh, this uh, type of, um, it's not really a sermon, but uh, the sermon spot um, uh, somewhat a little different and engaging uh, as we've done it over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, Hopefully we'll do it again uh, in the coming year, but uh, last one for the year. And I'm joined by uh, the wonderful Mother Anne McGuinness, uh, who's the school chaplain at All Saints Anglican School in her spare time, but she's, she's uh, also a regular member of our church family here. And today is a special day for Anne. Uh, today, uh, 23 years ago, she was ordained a deacon in the church, a priest in the Church of God, a priest in the Church of God. So, um, 23 years ago, congratulations. Thank you so much, Stuart. Do you, uh, do you remember what it was like, um, what much, almost seemed like a lifetime ago in a, in a, in a place far, far away? It was in South Africa in a township. It was very, very hot, I remember. Um, Beautiful Africans singing around me, uh, lying prostrate on the floor uh, and melting in 32-degree heat or something ridiculous with all the robes that we wear. But it was the beginning of 23 years of absolute joy, really, really lovely, lovely joy and ministry that took me into all sorts of places that I never, ever would have gone had I not been a priest. So yes, it's been wonderful, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share and for remembering. Thank no, you. no, uh, it's um, it's great to have you um, to be part of our church family and a wonderful connection that we have with our schools, particularly All Saints. Um, but might I commend you on your fashion choice today? You've um, yeah, you've, you've obviously gone to the Stuart Perry uh, School of, of dressing for church lately, and uh, but you've got a, a very interesting T-shirt on. Certainly have. Uh, this is one of the shirts that we introduced at school a few years ago. We, we have a theme annually, and our headmaster has a little nickname at school. He's called Jolly Wally. Uh, three years ago, we had choose kindness. Two years ago we had this one, which is everything with joy. You might not be able to read it, but here we are looking like good twins. <laughs> Stuart is on our school board, so he has a shirt as well. Uh, and it was an interesting choice, everything with joy uh, to have, because it was initially met with some mixed reaction. Yeah, I remember um, when it was announced, I was actually at the, the chapel service where, when it was announced, and afterwards there was a little bit of grumbling amongst the staff. Oh, you can't do everything with joy. Um, they love um, the headmaster, but I think, uh, I think I might have heard a few people say, we're not like Patrick, um, and so can't do, be joyous all the time. Um, but I think that the way that we understand joy um, it's not necessarily the way that the world understands joy. Um, and that's what we want to unpack a little bit today. So can you give us a little bit of a sense of, of what that year emerged into and, and how you discovered that actually you can do everything with joy? Yeah, I, I think around the traps there was a whole movement of happiness. You know, everyone needs to be happy. And I think happy and joy, happiness and joy, are two very different things. And we, we realise that uh, quite early on, that happiness is fleeting. Happiness happens in moments. But joy is something far deeper than that because joy is always there even if it is residing just beneath suffering. 
And I was thinking about the Advent themes of hope, eternal hope, peace, deep peace. And this week we have this wonderful joy. And next week is love. And for me, when I thought about it, I thought if we have eternal hope and we have deep peace, then joy almost becomes a fruit of that. And I remember working in South Africa, and sometimes I'd have to go out and not quite sure what I would be going into. Life was pretty precarious in those days. And I remember waking up every morning, in the front of my diary, I had um, a little prayer that said, Lord, help me to remember that nothing is going to happen to me today that you and I can't handle together. And at that stage, you, you, you befriend the possibility of death, you befriend the possibility of any other awfulness, and know that love is not going to be, you're not going to be separated from God's love. Not even death can separate you ultimately because there is eternal hope and there is this wonderful deep peace. Then I could go out with joy. I think uh, when you um, see joy in others, uh, it does radiate. And there are, I'm sure, people that you've come across that just seem to uh, ooze joy. Um, we know Headmaster at All Saints is one of those people. I know um, Anne doesn't like name dropping, but, but if you thought about the most joyous people in the world, um, Anne um, has probably spent more time than, than most of us with uh, this one person, Bishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, if you've seen him on the television, he just seems to radiate. Um, this smile is almost as tall as he is. Um, but uh, Anne, in her journey, uh, particularly in ministry in South Africa, has got to see a little bit behind the curtain of what makes um, this man so joyous. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about his story from your perspective. Sure. It was a great privilege to have met and to work, have worked with the Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu, as he is known in South Africa. Uh, from time to time, I met up with him, and he always suffuses joy. And I, I often think that he's very much like Saint Paul in the letter to the Philippians that we we read today, because like like Saint Paul, he was almost on the cusp of death all the time. And yet he found within him this deep, deep sense of choice, of joy that would, would just bubble up inside him. It was really interesting because when Desmond laughs, his whole body laughs. He, he chuckles. Somebody in the book of joy talks about cackling, but cackling for me is a bit like what witches do. But Desmond chuckled and it just bubbled up and out of him. And I remember being in a retreat with him one day, one year, which was a, a silent retreat. And he'd get up really early in the morning. It was the, it was the weekend before um, Winnie Mandela was coming before the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And he'd get up extra early in the morning and I think, today I'll get there before he does. But he'd be sitting in the back of the chapel in his shorts, leg crossed, bare feet, and he'd be praying. And then he'd come into breakfast and we were all in silence. And he would serve us. He would bring our food, he would clean the dishes afterwards. And I learned pretty quickly from Desmond that part of, of joy comes from serving others. Yes, you need to linger in it, but it is about serving others, looking beyond yourself to find joy. And it sounds like there was a real discipline to his life that immersed in that sense of prayerfulness, um, that he couldn't be the person that we've seen him be uh, in the media, particularly over in Australia. We, we've only sort of seen him on, on television uh, cameras. Uh, but there is an authenticity about his joy 
But it strikes me, and people similar to, to Desmond, underneath that is a discipline of prayerfulness, a space for reflection, a time when they are actually rolling their sleeves up. Um, it's not like a red carpet A-lister who just puts on the, the, the smile for the camera. Um, these people not only uh, take the photo uh, that shows the joy, they live the life that produces uh, the joy. And that's somewhat different to the world in which we live and what we're told this year by the countless marketing departments of what joy looks like. Joy looks like, if you uh, look at the commercials at this time of year, a full dinner table uh, overflowing with food, a family from all over the place uh, gathering together, finally being able to take off their masks, and uh, a Christmas tree just surrounded with Christmas presents. But I'm not sure if uh, your families are like ours, that by the time the day is ended and the mess is cleaned up, the last thing that you feel like is joyous. Um, and, and so when you have a story of a relationship with somebody who lives a life like Desmond has, then you have to take notice that there's something different about this person. And perhaps even be challenged to ask yourself what is different about me. And in a year where there has been much struggle and much uh, confusion and concern, in a year that has uh, been difficult for most people, uh, the, the words of the psalmist, weeping may linger for a night, but joy comes with the morning. It's like what Anne said, is that it might be residing underneath, but joy is the result. And how we as Christians respond to life struggles. If we don't have that discipline of prayerfulness, if we don't have that time of reflection and inter interaction with, with God, if we're not serving one another, and I wonder if we're just red carpet Christians showing a superficial joy. I wonder if the words that St. Paul says to the Philippians might challenge us today that we might be able to think about rejoicing in the Lord always and it might seem impossible to rejoice in some situations um, Anne was telling me this amazing story uh, when we caught up for coffee on on Wednesday um, about a, a couple that she'd ministered with in South Africa I was wondering if you could share that that, that amazing story I surely can I, I've also just remembered another thing about the arch and that is that he was he bore the brunt of many jokes and they were not in his favor uh, they were called tutu jokes, and there were all sorts of jokes around, uh, around him. And rather than feeling bullied, he would actually ask us whether we had heard any good new ones that he could add <laughs> them to his collection. And it was turning that around and saying, well, hang on a minute, let me find something good in here. But in terms of the story that you asked me to share, um, in the parish we had a beautiful woman who was living with cancer. And she had children at school still, and it was a really tough, tough journey with her, uh, watching her, and she fought a good fight. She really did, but eventually it was just too much for her, and this little shell of a woman we, um, lay in the bed as we gathered around her family and friends and, and, and waited for the moment of her death. And it was a very painful experience as we sat there, and finally we prayed her out of this world. 
and then we sat and waited for the undertaker to come. And in those moments, if any of you have, have had the opportunity to be in those places, it's an awful space of sorrow mingled with memory, mingled with, with some talk of, of the person's life, etc., etc. but it's painful. And I remember that as we sat there laughing and hugging and giving a little laugh every now and again um, as we remembered something, but it was, it was that mixed emotion. The, the undertaker came in with the trolley and we sort of moved out of the room as they prepared her and put her onto the trolley. And as they were wheeling her out, her husband suddenly shouted out, stop, stop. And we all wondered what he was going to do. And he walked over to the trolley and he pointed and the undertaker stepped aside and we all watched wondering what was going to happen. And he said, cancer, I want you to know that you are dead. My wife, however, is alive. And for him, there was that moment of deep peace, of hope, eternal hope, that was able to just access in that moment the joy that was there, that nothing can separate us from the love of God or, it, or ultimately from each other. Yes, there was the pain of the presence passing, but the joy could be still accessed even in that moment. And he came back to us and said, she's going to be okay. It's an amazing story, isn't it? And, and I think sometimes when we, we hear those stories, they can almost feel like, that's super holy. How can we live up to that? But haven't we all been living through a challenging year where our thoughts and our feelings have been dominated by what's happening in the news the latest uh, statistics on the pandemic, on whether we'll have uh, a job at the end of the year, or how our family are doing that we can't go and visit. But I wonder if at some point we might be able to, after we have had that sense of deep reflection and prayerfulness, be able to say words like, 2020, you're dead. Oh, coronavirus, you are dead. Or all the woes of the world, you are dead because we have a higher faith. We have a deeper connection. And as we were wrestling on Wednesday, uh, it really just certainly emerged to us that without faith, there is no joy. For us as Christians, we have that deep connection between faith and joy that the faith feeds the joy and the joy excites the faith. And so as we conclude uh, a year and look forward to a next, I wonder, Anne, if you might be able to give us some sage chaplaincy advice about how we might look forward uh, to another year um, to be able to, to look at the year that we've had and to see a sense of joy. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, this year, our theme was gratitude. And it was really interesting in this COVID year that we had gratitude coming in because gratitude comes out of joy again. And I think when we are grateful, where we do serve others, where we do rejoice, as Paul did in the letter to, of, to Philippians, when we are great, grateful for and when we rejoice in the achievements of others, somehow that joy becomes infectious. 
And I imagine if we could, you know, make joy a kind of new COVID, how wonderful that would be in the world today. It is about serving. It's certainly what the Archbishop taught me. It's certainly what my ministry has taught me. And it's certainly what being here in this beautiful church has taught me, um, as, as well as being, having the privilege of working as chaplain at All Saints. So joy is there, I think, to be had for all of us. Uh, suffering is important, but joy is not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is deep. Joy so let is, us pray. is there. Yeah, is there for us always. Thank you. Loving God, I just thank you that we have access to joy through Jesus, your son. That deep relationship that we have because a child was born. I pray that we might be bearers of joy not just for the next couple of weeks, but as we approach a new year. Might this also be a new season in our personal ministries that we might see through the challenge, through the pain, through the struggle, through the suffering, that you are with us. Give us time of reflection, repentance, self-examination and prayerfulness. Build in us a church full of joy that we might become contagious to a world that is sadly lacking. Might we be your people of joy as we leave this place. Amen.